let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's let's <laughs> let's get this back on the road. I'm sorry for derailing this so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, goosebumps, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the goosebumps. The first the first one, the inception of that, the idea. It's it's synonymous with like that the culture now. Did you ever in a million years? Well, well, tell me the story, but you know, at the end of this thing, did you ever in a million years think that it would be this? No, no. So we can start right there. Even not only was it me, uh, the book publishers themselves, um, R.L. Stein, nobody was thrilled about this. Nobody had, uh, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have that, you know, that tangible, ooh, this is magic. I think something cool might happen here. Really? Um, there was a real reluctance from Scholastic because no one had tried to put out a horror series for kids seven years old to 11 years old. They had done something for the teenage market. And <clears throat> RL was busy doing Fear Street. Um, I was still kind of ignorant to the whole business itself. I had done some uh, kids' books uh, uh, up until that point or towards the young adult market. So I had done stuff for that. And when it came along and I saw what it was going to be, I thought it was cool. Um, but even the publisher was like, listen, um, we're not sure if this thing's going to take off. So we have this project. We're not going to pay you your usual rate. We're going to pay you a little bit less because we're not we're not sinking a lot of money into this thing because we're not sure where it's going. Uh, and, but if you do this for us, there'll be other books down the road for another project. And, uh, you know, we'll take care of you then. So I went into it with low stakes, but I saw it and I was, my impression was, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, this is a little different than something I've done before. And uh, so uh, we, I did the first book a traditional uh, horror artist named Jim Thiessen did the second book, Stay Out of the Basement, mm -hmm. because they weren't sure if they wanted to go, you know, my route, which was more kid-oriented, or if they wanted to go, you know, a more traditional horror style. And they said, he's going to do, you do one, he'll do the other, and then whoever we decide on will do the remaining two. There was only supposed to be, as far as I knew at the beginning, there was only going to be four books. Right. So um, they saw them side by side and they what they liked about mine was the use of color and yeah. that the colors were very saturated and they felt that kind of took the edge off the, the problem of it being too scary. Like that was one way to kind of soften the whole thing up. Love that. So they said, okay, yeah, you get to do the other two. You know, I wasn't doing a dance or anything. Uh, you know, I was just, okay, great. I got two more covers. And the third cover was um, Say Cheese and Die. And then it was at that point where I went, oh, oh, I, I, I get this. We're not only are we doing horror, there's a, there's a comical element to this thing. It's, that's, you know, even the, the title of that is funny. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, we leaned into that one and, you know, there's the family of skeletons barbecuing in the backyard <laughs> and uh, it totally ridiculous and funny and a little horror element to it. And um, so it was fun at the beginning. It was nothing more than fun. And um, 
there was, so we were moving along, but it wasn't, we're still in the pre-internet, pre-social media stages here. So anything that happens is happening totally by, you know, your guys' word of mouth. You're telling mm-hmm. each other. That's the only thing that's going to push this thing forward. Right. And um, around book six, you know, so we were, they said, oh, we're going to do a couple more. Around book six, the sales weren't going anywhere. And there was, I didn't know it at the time, but I've heard about it in later years that there was talk about wrapping the thing up and just going, all right, this was an experiment, didn't really take off. These are very mediocre sales and uh, maybe we'll think about doing something else. And right after that, just from that 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 word of mouth, the book sales all of a sudden took off. Wow. I'm by, you know, again, this is total, me just totally just making it up in my head what I think happened. Um, So the books were first being brought in to your school libraries. That's probably where you saw your first Goosebumps book. Mm -hmm. And which was ideal for us because at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of cool stuff going on in a school library. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now we're bringing monsters into the school library. So we immediately got your attention. Everybody got excited and goes, Oh, this is a series and there's books coming out. And you started to tell your parents, Hey, I want to go to the bookstore because the new goosebumps is coming out. And I may have to wait for a couple of weeks before I get my my turn at the school library. And I think that was, where the turn came for sales going up was now I want this book. I'm not going to wait for it to be in my library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's taking me back, but I think that's definitely true. And that was the experience with, with us too. It's like we could go and get stuff from the library, but it was very limited kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then awesome. when you had your own, you know, like you said, the, when you had your own goosebumps, you, that, that was, that was collateral. You had, you had something. Yeah. It was like, uh, not like a trading card, but it kind of had that, yeah. that kind of value to it. I, I was uh, I was being interviewed uh, yesterday, and this uh, this guy is in the uh, uh, he's in the crypto uh, world and NFT world, and he was saying in his head that was his first collectible was yeah. the Goosebumps books. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I was kind of like always just enamored with the covers and with all the different. And it was amazing and a real cultural moment with the Scholastic Book Fairs. And I'm very, very nostalgic for that time and the simplicity of that. And, you know, kudos to like my teachers and stuff like that, because they they really had the Scholastic Book Fair. And on top of that, they were doing sort of these almost uh, like installations, you know, like they they would have these trees and the cafeteria would have, you know, lights. And uh, it was... It just a real my wife is a teacher i'm not exactly sure if they do those book fairs anymore do... I, I that's a good question i'm not sure either uh my girlfriend's a teacher but she said if they don't i'm going school. i'm gonna go and become the chief creative <laughs> i officer. think i think there I'm is the a version of, of it going on but i don't know if it had the uh you know like you said it was an event and yes. you know you got some money from your mom and dad and you went in and you got out of class and like you said they converted the cafeteria or did up your library and that's where it was all going down Made and- into like a jungle or something <laughs> or yeah we put they put that sort of uh the paper over the lights and it was 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Again, it was a, it was an event. It must've felt so cool as, as somebody who's, you know, you and I like, I always love the term commercial artist because it, it gets it at the heart of like what, what it is. And, and, and it's not, it's not hiding the notion that there's, you, you know, like there's the artiste, but I love, I love commercial artists because you're, you're, you're doing something. like you said, there's gotta be sales driven, but that doesn't mean that it can't be, um, you know, brilliant or that it can't be fun or engaging. And, and what Scholastic created at that time was really, uh, listen, Scholastic, if you're listening and you know that you are, uh, I, me and my friend Tim here are looking to revitalize the, <laughs> <laughs> imagine they come, they hit me up and they're like, Hey, we heard your podcast with Tim. We'd love to have you guys in. We're going, I'm going to come pick you up. That's fine. I'll, I'll go with you. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there. Um, but that's a, that's a real valid point because the, the, the difference the only difference is if it was if I was calling it fine art, it would be my thoughts and my ideas being conveyed, and I would put the effort into creating the art. As the commercial illustrator, I'm I'm using I'm doing RL's work. This is yeah. his idea, his concept, and I'm the conduit. But the art part of it gets the exactly the same amount of effort, you know, whether it was a fine art piece or a piece, you know, that we're calling, you know, a, a goosebumps cover. I'm trying just as hard because I'm trying to convey someone else's ideas and I'm trying to please yeah. someone else. And um, I like that. I, yeah. you know, like I've been lucky enough to uh, be not only with, with RL, but with other authors and other projects where people describe something to me and it's not hard for me to, to see it or start to see it or get a, get an inkling of whatever that thing is in my head and get it down on paper. Uh, I'm better with, with that stuff than if we all of a sudden, you know, you just said, okay, tomorrow make me something cool. Yeah. That would be harder because I would go, I, I don't know what's cool, right? You know, like I'll get it, but yeah. it's not as easy as okay. Here's the new story. And, you know, it's about this giant mutant goldfish, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be such a, a cool. Um, I know, I know that it comes with a lot of hard work and tenacity, but that's gonna be such a. a it's gonna be cool to have that that gift to be able to do that because if you were to leave me in a room for twenty years with Procreate and. <laughs> Uh, you know, a litany of different tools and, and I could not make one of the covers that you make. And for you, I know it's been a, a craft that's been honed over time, but it's gotta be, it's gotta feel pretty damn good to be able to like picture in your head and just like make it like, yeah, that. I know it's taken I, a long time, but yeah. So and cool. like you said, at the beginning, it was much harder because you would have that picture in your head and only some of it would reach <laughs> the end right. of your hand and get down on the paper. And some of it would get lost along the way, or you just didn't have the skill set yet to, to pull that thing off. And um, yeah, it now I'm at, at such a, you know, I'm at such an age and I've been doing this since I was, uh, you know, I, I, I started doing it when I was in high school. So, you know, I've done it way giant portion of my life. I don't know. I don't have any recollection of what it was like 
before I could do it. So yeah. it's just a natural extension. It's something that just happens now, uh, you know, and I hope, I hope, uh, you know, my hands continue to work and my eyes don't get too blurry and you know, all that stuff holds yeah. up and that I can continue to do it all the way until, until they, uh, till they make that final, final curtain call. <laughs>